This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny Cage, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. Throwing out so hard this week, the fellas take a reflective look back at their most and least favorite memories of life on the road. Sprinkle in a few dozen cheesesteaks and approximately 1,000 liters of beer, and you have the makings of some unbelievable memories, not to mention a serious get bomb. Hear about the shenanigans that resulted from all of our world domination travels. When you're a small company, you skimp on the airline and splurge on the steak. You also tend to give zero fucks about some seminar attendees with terrible attitudes. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So I encourage everyone to sit back, relax, and relive some of the most interesting and surprising adventures with John, Luke, and Tex. This is episode 143. Power Athlete Nation, what is up? You got Luke here. You've got John here. Tex, say what's up. Yo. Uh, if you've tuned in to be enlightened with some sort of strength and conditioning knowledge bomb, you might as well tune away now. Uh, Tex, John, and I are just decided that, hey, we're going to sit back and rap a little bit about adventures of traveling for the seminar staff. Uh, Tex has a list of things that we're all going to kind of roundtable and just chit-chat, shoot the shit. Uh, and it will be entertaining. I can promise you that. So stay tuned and, uh, and feel us out. And I guess a little public service announcement. Uh, if you listen to us on an iPhone or an Android or through headphones and you listen to Power Athlete Radio and you enjoy the experience, take some time, head to the iTunes page and leave us a review. Let us know if you like it or not, because we've got some asshats on the review section who rated us when we were still trying to figure out what a podcast was before Callie taught us anything. And we were filming in my mom's basement next to the furnace and the sound quality was shit. So um, even though we don't have the best sound quality, we probably still do have the best hair, best shoes, and best content, not to mention probably the most impressive lineup of guests. That's true. We do by far of any podcast, and I've listened to one <laughs> podcast other than our own. Um, no, I've listened to two. I listened to Neil uh, Tyson. Star Talk. Yeah, Star Talk and also Joe Rogan, but I only listen to any stuff. Joe Rogan doesn't count. No. Well, he always because he had Andy stuff on, not me. Yeah. So fuck that. Noise. And it's fucking, he's like a proper. Yeah, he's got a real deal. Yeah. Um, so that should be for the six listeners out there, 10 listeners maybe, give us at least 10 reviews. And if they're not four star, don't bother. Yeah, just go all four star, <laughs> go create a couple accounts, you know, make them email accounts, mm-hmm. like us from those so that, you know, we get numerous things. And we can to get some more stars. But, uh, I really like the topic of conversation today. I mean, um, I guess I'll give some backstory. CrossFit football was started in 2009 at the request. Um, it was kind of you know similar to, I think, when Moses went to the mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments and mm-hmm. I handed it down. I got a phone call from, you know. Well, Greg, it's the 11th commandment, isn't well, it? Well, it was actually Greg Glassman. And Thou like, shalt create CrossFit football. football. 
So he came down, he asked me to do it. So I basically carved out my own tablets and I had to take a pilgrimage to Arizona to present this to him. And um, at the request of uh, his wife, who at the time when Greg was married to Lauren, uh, you know, Greg was excited and he kept looking around and be like, so what do you think, honey? And then finally she gave me like a nod. And at that point I could leave and go start crossing football. Shortly thereafter, uh, I had to create a website, a program, the whole deal, launch it. And as soon as we launched, I got an email. You have to have a seminar. This is going to be an SME. We got to be able to start seminars. So I sat down and started designing a seminar. And I invited some very, very sharp, some of my best friends to come and present. One was uh, Andy Stumpf, um, Kelly Starrett, uh, Rafael Ruiz, and um, some other guy that I was working with at the time and asked him, said, hey, you know what? This is what I want to do. These are, these are the pieces that I need you to teach, and I need you to be a part of this. And everybody said, great. Uh, the weekend we booked it was actually Valentine's Day weekend, and Andy had a commitment with his wife, so he bitched out and couldn't come. That's pussy. Totally pussy. And so the original seminar staff was Roth, Kelly Starrett, and uh, myself. And we showed up and did the seminar, and it was great. And uh, CrossFit got so nervous that I was going to pull Starrett in, they gave him his own seminar. Mm. So little known fact that actually Mobility Wad and Kelly Starrett's own seminar, which he had pitched CrossFit for years and they had no interest in doing, instantly materialized the minute that they saw uh, that I was going to pull him in and start using him the way that, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, exposing him to the world. And he's gone off and had, you know, a little, just a little bit of success. Yeah. So he's done well. And we created that seminar and it was this deal. How, how flexible do you think Kelly's butlers are? His butlers? Yeah. Doesn't he have like a butler to stretch him and a oh, butler yeah, to yeah, cook yeah. for him? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, it, I, I don't know if it's butlers. I just thought they were actually little gnomes oh. that he's collected from around the world that kind of go around. Like anybody that's seen the Harry Potter, I just imagine it's like Hobby, the the house elf, is what Kelly actually has in his house. So fun fact, John, I don't know if you know this, uh, just reading through super training and they call flexibility suppleness. So I oh. just kind of stumbled upon that and I didn't know if you knew that. I did not know that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. So, but, uh, that's the way that, uh, the original deal started. And then we proceeded to teach, you know, hundreds of seminars all over the globe. Uh, we taught a bunch here in the United States and our first international seminar for anybody listening. Do you guys know where it was? Um, first international. Yeah. Do I know this? Have you told me the story? Uh, yeah. Is this, uh, um, Japan or Norway? Norway. It was Norway. Yeah. Norway. So, I get an email from these guys that are like, hey, we want to book a seminar for CrossFit football and we want to bring you to Europe. I said, sounds great. I'm there. We're, we're in. So I send them the request form. They send me all the information back. I submit it. Boom. We book it. Perfect. All of a sudden, three, four, five weeks out, we uh, start booking the seminar and we were we had a seminar in um, – uh, I think we were uh, we were going to do Sweden after that. Um, all of a sudden, I'm booking stuff with my wife, and we're looking at it. And she's like, do you know where you booked this seminar? And I'm like, yeah, it's in Norway. And she's like, do you know where in Norway? I was like, uh, Norway? no, Norway? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it a big country? She's like, dude, you booked this seminar in the Arctic Circle. And I'm like, really? So I, I get on the map, and I look, and we did a seminar in Bodo, Norway, Bodo, Norway. And in the summer, so 24 hours of sunlight, and it was in the Arctic Circle. So we had to fly into Oslo and then take a plane and literally flew into Bodo. And so we show up at this gym uh, in this little fishing town that was like in a warehouse. And we go teach this seminar to 30, 40 
Norwegians, Finns, Swedes. I mean, everybody was there and uh, had just an amazing kick-ass seminar. Um, the only fun, I mean, we had some really, it was a super cool and adventure. That, it's all chronicled on, you, know, you put a Talk To Me Johnny up, right? Yeah. In the ebook, there's no pictures. So yeah. anybody who's got the ebook for Talk To Me Johnny. Yeah, you can just uh, go on the website. Yeah, but, click, go to the website. We, so like, uh, you know, our hosts take us out, you know, which is standard. You know, back in the day when we would go to a seminar, the hosts were always like real, like, hey, what are you guys up to? You know, can we show you some local culture? Now we go and like Tex and I were just in New Zealand. And like after we're like, you know, figure we grab a beer with people, get to know the culture, talk to people. Where should we go? Not a single fucking person offered us a beer. And Tex and I are looking around. We're like, Jesus, what are we? Well, I've, you know, for the record, I've listened to both of you guys lecture and it's fucking boring. So I'm not surprised people I'm didn't. Not, okay. So you get the party starter out there. Yeah, whoa, dude, people whoa. are taking us. At, we're going all over the country. So, uh, we go out and, uh, you know, we go out with the guys, we're going to hit these, uh, you know, hit some bars, whatever. And they're, they're like, Hey, we got to do some, uh, some pre-drinking before we go out because drinks are $30 a drink. And I'm like, how much? They're like 30 bucks. Cause the exchange rate for the, uh, in debt in, you know, obviously Norway being the most expensive country on the planet. And so I was like, great. So we go in and like the guy hands us this, um, this kind of glass and he's like, Oh, this is, this is Mied, which is their local moonshine. And you smell it, and it smelled like this amazing peppery smell. And I'm like, oh, this tastes so good. This is going to be great. It tasted like straight-up fucking battery acid. <laughs> we drank this stuff, and I'm not kidding you. Like, I, like my insides felt like they aged like a decade. And uh, then we went out, we, we went out and had a bunch of drinks. Um, the sun did not go down, which was kind of weird, because you, like, walk outside at, like, 3 in the morning, and the sun's still up. Like, it's, like, dusk. And uh, taught some more seminars, got to see some pretty amazing things, got to see the world's biggest maelstrom which is like a big, I mean, imagine the swirl of uh, whirlpool, yeah, like, like, a, like, like a big swirl of like whirlpool that just goes in, which we got to see that vortex It's pretty amazing. And then we went to Sweden and um, taught a seminar. So it was by far uh, one of the, whenever I joke, I said, dude, we've taught seminars from New Zealand to the Arctic circle. We legitimately have. And then we got to go to uh, one of the guys was actually, an indig- you know, local kind of indigenous, like uh, whatever their um, like native American kind of popular or sorry, native Norwegian population. So his family had the right to uh, hunt whales. So if you were uh, of a certain tribe, they could go out and hunt whales. And so we went to this kind of hut in the middle of the woods around this fire. And we had like whale blubber, whale meat. Um, we had uh, more mead. We, we ate like this local meal. And any of you guys that ever had a uh, whale, it's like, it's like, um, like the whale meat is, uh, tastes like iron. Like imagine like a, like a really thick steak, mm-hmm. but with like kind of like a real heavy iron taste. Yeah. Uh, the whale blubber, they slice the blubber and they freeze it and they cut it into cubes. And dude, that was unbelievable tasting. So it was, that was pretty, pretty good adventure for our first one. I mean, that definitely set the tone for us for sure. Tex, you have a list of questions that you want to like, uh, maybe we could go through and, uh, best of type deal. Yeah. Just no particular order. Best food, best adventure, best story, best attendees, worst attendees, worst hangover. And wow. just, well, well, let's yeah. start with let's start with best food. Uh, probably the best food coincides with the worst attendee. Okay, well, hang on. <laughs> that was like the best food experience. But I, so you roll with that. I'll piggyback right. on that. So we go out to Arizona to go teach a seminar at like CrossFit Extreme Arm Tribal or whatever the name of the place no, was. No, it was uh, it was all right, Jim. They were no, right. no, it was a great one. It just was something. Was it? What was it? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. So we go out to Arizona, uh, we go out and 
um, I get a email from uh, Lauren Glassman, who was you know, Greg's, who's Greg's ex-wife, who's involved in CrossFit, that she'd started the gym, Captain CrossFit. She wanted to bring our coaches to the seminar because it was local, and she'd show up. I was like, great, bring them on. So they go to the seminar after she invites us to go to dinner, and you know, if, if uh, CrossFit HQ is paying, you know, they got a pretty heavy black card to throw down. So what do we do? We go, Unbeknownst to Ben and I. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I didn't fill them in. I, I didn't think they would have to, you know, I, I had to tell them, but I forgot these guys are somewhat unsophisticated in the ways early on. Now you guys wouldn't miss a fucking beat. Nope. So we go out and we sit down at dinner with everybody and the guy comes around and, you know, he's like, you know, time taking orders, drinking orders. We get some drinks and I ask him like, Oh, can I see your wine list? And so he hands me a wine list. I'm like, do you have the reserve list? Which for those of you guys that don't know uh, a wine list, there's always a second wine list called the reserve list with all the really high dollar bottles. So we get the reserve list. We start ordering some nice wine. The guy comes around and the first question I ask, do you have any specials? And he goes, yes. As a matter of fact, we do. We have 40 ounce bone in Kobe tomahawks that were what? 240 bucks a person. Yeah. Flown in overnight. Yeah. Oh, overnight from Japan, 240 bucks a person. They're usually good to split with like a couple people for the table. And we're yeah. like, oh, that sounds good. I'll have one of those. Yeah, and then and, like, and so then the, so then the guy like, comes over to to Ben and I, and I'm looking. I'm like, uh, I'll have the all the sirloin, the eight, eight ounce sirloin. John's like, no, we won't. He's yeah. having the Kobe tomahawk. tomahawk. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm having the Kobe tomahawk. So the whole table uh, orders the Kobe fucking tomahawks, and these things come, and they're like. 40 ounces of ribeye with like a bone coming out that looks like. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, it, it must have been a pound of bone and then two pounds of meat. Oh, yeah. Like, we got a medium rare. They come out. We crush these things. I mean, we had like Opus. I mean, we had, uh, uh, you know, just some amazing wine and probably uh, had, a, you know, one of the better dinners that we've had on the I mean, which is amazing since we've had some pretty amazing dinners, but. That one really sticks out in my head. And I think of, I think of, I forget who always used to comment on the old football, um, all the f- old football comments. But one of the his sign offs was "Eat like a Viking." Yeah, and literally the, Max. Was it yeah, Max? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, we were drinking these huge goblets of wine and take. We're you know we're at a fancy restaurant in fucking like t shirts, you know. And I always imagine that's what Valhalla is like. It's like and we're just like crushing. Yo. John just like Ben and I are trying to cut our meat off of the bone. And John looks at us like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like we're trying to be, you know, exercise some etiquette. And he fucking grabs the bone and just like gnawing on it. And we're just like, okay, that's in bounds. So that's we start to fucking gnaw on it. Dude. It was like so epic. People were looking at us like we were circus animals. So that was an epic experience. But I'm going to say my favorite food experience on seminars is whenever we've gone to Austin oh, because man. Salt Lake is well it's not nearly like the high end of what we did at Mastro's over there. Or that was Mastro's, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Mastro's Ocean Club. If you haven't heard of Salt Lake, uh and the guys in Austin and people who've been there are like, oh fuck yeah, Salt Lake. It's a uh a, a big wood pit barbecue, all you can eat barbecue place where you bring your own beer. Yeah, it's BYOB. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? So you you know roll in, get a case of Shinerbach, right, Tex? And uh okay. And you just order the all you can fucking eat, and literally they just come by and like, what do you want? And you're like, uh, I'll some burnt ends. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, give me all the burnt ends you got. And they come back with fucking two pounds of like, yeah. oh, it's just like I could sit there so for much. Two so days straight. Luke and I looked at each looked at each other and said, uh, we should move to Austin just for this. to have Sunday uh, afternoon like meeting 
Sunday, every Sunday, a standing order to go to the Salt Lake yeah, and dude. drink beer and do that. And like, to me, that is uh, that's a little slice of heaven, right? I would hope. I mean, is. that's their pit. Like, they have a pit that like you could cook like a whole steer on. Mm-hmm. I mean, linked. I mean, it's pretty. It's, it's impressive. And All they, on, you, uh, so they're on Periscope, I think, and they're on Instagram, and on Instagram, yeah. and like if you just if you like food and you like. Yeah. Bar- barbecue check out salt lake's instagram you'd be like oh yeah, dude in, we gotta uh, go it's fucking it's, it's the mecca it's in yeah driftwood texas they have a, a little salt lake at the airport but it's not nearly as good. they have one in uh oklahoma city airport yeah yeah no, it's, it's gotta be uh no you, you gotta go there yeah, you gotta go to the driftwood one tex what about you what do you think what's on the top of your mind for t- for the food best food of all time definitely cape town Oh, uh, that was yeah, that was a great experience as well not not only was it it super cheap but we were talking just was eight week dry aged steaks. Mm-hmm. We were having steaks for dessert, ribs for appetizer, gator, kangaroo. I think oh. we tallied over a hundred species. A lot of fish helped that, but yeah, that was freaking insane. Yeah, we rolled up to the pier and we sat down and like we don't know what the fuck we're doing and we're first, like I was extremely jet lagged, but uh, te- we would sit down and the waiter would come up and be like, "Are you ready to order?" And Tex would be like, "We're trying to eat as many different species." on our trip here, you know, we're from the States. He's like, all right, so what are you into? He's like, it was like fucking, uh, uh, what's the dude's, is it Ron Swanson from the office where he's like, I want all the bacon and eggs. Like <laughs> Texas, like I want every species on the menu. And they just came out with like a huge fucking platter of all these different cuts. And he's like telling us what everything is. And, uh, you know, maybe we had a few wines before that. And I'm like, Tex, you remember what the fuck we're eating? He's like, not really just go. And we just fucking crushed it. Well, one of my most favorite memories uh, was when Tex and Kelly interned at the CrossFit Football yes. Seminar in King of Prussia, which is uh, the KOP, which is the big mall area outside of Philly. So we were at CrossFit King of Prussia. And, you know, Luke's there. Uncle Dave was there. Uh, my wife was there. and uh, Packy was even there. Yeah, with the kids. Because, um, you know, as you know, uh, you know, I used to live in Philly and still have a lot of friends there. But also my wife, who grew up in Jersey still has a lot of friends in that area. So we've kind of made a trip and we all go out. So we have these two young, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed, eager, eager interns named Tex McQuilkin and Callie Hinsman. And you want, you know what? Uh, before we get going, Tex wore the uh, one of my favorite shirts, which was just the, the one-color CrossFit football with the shield and the full horizontal logo on the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, it was just black and white. he was wearing that shirt backwards. I don't think I've ever confronted. No, 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 no. I would okay, no. wear it backwards. That it was printed. No, I had just a unique one. No, oh, okay. <laughs> we had. Let me just tell you about the level of quality control of Life Is RX. They printed half of the shirts wrong, and like I got them, and they were like, "Well, uh, you can still sell them, right?" Yeah, it's a different product. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just a different one. Hacks. Um, um, yeah, li- Life Is R. Wait, Hack Is R. There's a hack in there. Yeah, yeah, there's a hack. So uh, we got these young interns. They come in, and we're going to get to meet them. Little do they know, Uncle Dave was like, hey, we're going to Philly, like the home of the cheesesteak. So, John, you have to know. I'm like, dude, I got you covered on cheesesteaks, bro. I lived in Philly. I worked in South Philly for five years. And when I was a rookie, I had to go get all those fat fucks that I worked with, a bunch of cheesesteaks all the time. So we knew Tony Luke's. I mean, dude, uh, Gino's, Pat's, uh, Nick's Roast Beef, all these spots. So, um, I'm like, let's hit him, man. He's like, what's the best one? We'll start with the best. I'm like, the best? Tony Luke's. Right underneath the 76, like, right around the corner from the stadium. We used to go there all the time. 
So we roll in and I was like, hey, ordering up for everybody. And like, you know, Tex and Callie are trying to make a good impression. You know, they obviously like think like, you know, we're these like diehard, I mean, which we are uh, diehard paleo eaters, you know, gluten free, you know, this whole deal. And we're sitting there ordering. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need a uh, extra large steak with this. And, you know, it comes out on these big sarcone, amazing rolls. With some cheese whiz, which is like battery acid. You're good. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're fine. Um, so we uh, we order up and we have these just amazing sandwiches. Sit down and I get them for like everybody. We sit down and tear them open. We're eating and texting Kelly. are like, are they fucking with us? Like, 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 are they making us eat it? So we get done and they were like, where are we going now? I'm like, we're going to the next place. And they're like, kind of look at each other and I'm like, follow me. And <laughs> if you guys have ever driven with me or behind me or anything, I drive like the motherfucking wolf. Like, oh yeah, the valley's forty minutes away. I'll be there in fifteen. Well, stop signs mean nothing to John. No, well, in South Philly, uh, stop actually the sign means slow to observe police. So in South Philly, when the lights go down, you don't stop at stoplights. You basically roll everything because the last thing you want is some dude to come over and carjack you or something bad to happen. And you know, there's a lot of weird stuff. There's a lot of one ways. People park in the middle on the street, so you got to be very familiar. And any guys that are from Philly or the area know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you get over on two street, you never know what's going to go down. <laughs> so the last thing I ever do is stop. So we jump in and I'm like, Aah! little did I know, grandma Tex and grandma Kin- Hinsman are over there following us. Putting around. And can't, you know, like beep, 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 beep. And we smoke them. We get to the next house. I'm like, where the fuck are these guys? And they're like, we're looking for parking. I'm like, just park on the fucking curb. In Philly, in South Philly, um, they pretty much have disavowed any type of parking regulations. You just park wherever you want. And as long as somebody doesn't park and block you in and you don't know who they are, you're fine. So we go out, we go Pats and Geno's, and then we hit another one for Nick's Roast Beef and um, just got absolutely crushed some cheesesteaks. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, Dally and Tex thought we were fucking with them as a prank. And little did they know, Uncle Dave just wanted him a cheesesteak. And in hindsight, Tex, does it all make sense? It all makes sense. You know, <laughs> you talk about eight mile moments, Sean. That was Callie and I's eight cheesesteak moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I remember looking over at Hinsman and she was like, and I remember thinking like, and, you know, now she just fucking ripped it open and fucking mashed it in her face. I would have been like, you run this. I've been like, you're hired and it's all yours. You know, I saw her over there kind of, and she's going to listen to this, but I saw her over there pussyfooting with it. And I was like, ah. What, yeah. uh, so is there any other like epic food stories? I think that. Uh, what is another food. epic? Uh, we, we had a great one in New York. Another one with Odom, Odom, Georgia as well. We had a home, home cooked meal from Jaybird's wife. Oh, fuck. The year he right. killed on his land. Yeah. And yeah, then we did. to us. Yeah, we did have an epic deal. And he tried to. He started to give us some of his rhubarb wine that was like battery acid. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we we uh, we were in Savannah and had another good one. Savannah's always been one of my favorite places. We did a seminar there, um, but yeah, I mean, we've pretty much covered the entire globe of mm-hmm. seminars and strung it together with really good eating. What about let's go to a worst and uh, how about worst worst food? Uh, well, we could do worst food. That's easy for me. Well. What was the worst seminar we've ever taught? Well, I, I think let me start with worst food. I did. I cannot get in line with the the meal options native to the UK. Oh yeah, like going to get breakfast in the UK, which is one of my favorite fucking meals. Is like you know you get your fucking your bangers and you, you get, get a, a steamed egg, 
piled on with beans. And it's just like, oh, well, well okay. I'm probably another and First off, of- for my UK friends, like, I like you guys. I just think the American breakfast well, is gluttonous, sure, but it's yeah. amazing. Dude, prob- and te- Tex will co-sign on this. When we went to Germany, we always stay at the same hotel. Oh, and, that place is, yeah. And, no. and they actually cook all the meat on the big green egg. Mm-hmm. And, man, last time we were there, uh, Tex and I had a feast. And then we went to Oktoberfest and tore it the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm only sad. My my only regret is that Luke Summers couldn't make that trip. Uh-huh. <sighs> the, the three amigos. 20, 2016. It's going it's down. Booked. Oh, it's, it's on. booked. I booked it with Drake. The Hoff Garden Inn. We'll get I know. Some... I know. I'm but down. even breakfast there. You remember what breakfast is? He we better, had to tell he, the lady. He like, he better sell that fucker out so I can be like, baby, I, I you know, you, <laughs> you got to watch the kids. I, you know, the fellas need me. Uh, what about um, worst travel experience? Text. I know oh, that man. is like every every shirt for you. I got a few. But what what stands out in your mind? Uh, what stands out the worst travel experience is that first trip to Germany. There's a, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad there from that trip, but, uh, it was like five legs on the way home followed after three days of Oktoberfest. That's the worst hungover. That's the worst day of my entire freaking life. (laughs) I had to go from Nuremberg to Berlin, from Berlin to Paris, from Paris to New York city, from New York city to DC. And it was like being up for 30 straight hours. I, I lost my shit. I don't know. It was and and they, yeah. we have a, we have a um, associate who will just call Bo Orlando, who, uh, who's played a, a, a vital role in the organization, but is now kind of wandering the world. And he ended up crossing paths with us on that trip. And he's a old, like one of my best friends in the world, but he is, he is a party starter. And uh, you, just, you, find, you find yourselves in the most compromising and memorable situations with him. And it usually involves uh, a couple liters of, of uh, nice lager. So Whoa. Tex found himself on the, in the tailwind of the, the, the animal that is Bo, dude, Bo Orlando. Dude, so, so when Tex and I are at Oktoberfest, um, these guys obviously don't know how to, you know, like we, we go into this, this tent. This is complete fucking pandemonium. And like I look over and like text like where do we go? I looked for the biggest group of assholes I could find, and I was like, those are our guys. <laughs> and we go over and it's a Canadian hockey team that's no, like over there. No, like, they were Americans, and they no, couldn't even. No, they were. It was a Canadian hockey team, but they had a bunch of Americans okay. that were on their team. Anywho, well, so we found the drunk Americans because some guy was standing on a table just yeah. chugging, and John's like, that's our guy. <laughs> so we go over and I see the waitress and she comes over, asks us for beers. And so she brings us back these massive fucking liters. And I go to like, you know, and it was like what, 40 pounds or, or whatever Euro, whatever it was. I mean, they were legit beers. And I like tipped her out and I was like, no, the rest is for you. And she like looked at me and was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, you're doing a great job. Please just make sure you, you know, you bring it around. You would have thought that I saved her baby from like a car accident. Because <laughs> at that point, she was like, whatever we needed, we were there. Like we, like as soon as my beer was coming down, she was like handing me another one. All of a sudden, they clear the place out because they got to bring in the next group of people. And so, right at the change, she goes, "I got gotcha. you," and she literally got us at a table. Oh, nice! And brought us lunch. I mean, we didn't pay for anything. Yeah, but just because that tip. And next thing you know, we're there. And um, my only regret text for for uh, um, Oktoberfest is that we did not buy Lederhosen and were not in outfits. 2016. You can't, 
find Lederhosen for your well, size. No, no there's some big fucking German guys. I think what we do is we try to find outfits here, okay. get them all ready, and when we go, we just straight up rock the outfit. Power athlete branded Lederhosen. Dude, oh, uh, athlete, I want the sock, the uh, the calf koozies, whatever you call those things. Yeah. Dude, uh, like, like at first we kind of got there and we're like, ah, it's kind of, you know, and then we, and then all of a sudden we rolled in and the girls are all in their traditional outfits and the guys and we were like, dude, why aren't we in Lederhosen? Yeah. So that was a regret, but uh, we tore it, we were tearing it up pretty good, and um, and then uh, I can't, re- oh, had to go home before the morning. Then we had to go home, and what? then and then the best is we missed the train and still had to take a cab. What? What was your what's your worst travel? Can you? I mean, I know you've been like, oh, you're what, you're a war tested veteran here with uh, hundreds of legs, but what my my worst 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 flight? Um, Power Athlete Nation, we are interrupting your regular programming to bring you the launch of Form Collar. We've worked with the team from form lifting to develop what we believe is one of the most essential training aids for any coach or athlete. The device attaches to the barbell like any other collar and measures force, speed, acceleration, and power and sends this info to your smartphone instantaneously as you train. Yes, there's an app for that. Unlike any other wearables we've tested, the metrics provided are accurate and meaningful and provide yet another layer to your training that will help drive more effective power, strength, and speed adaptations. Having instantaneous access to info like this during your training is a pure game changer. Make sure you guys head over to PAHQ.co forward slash form lift. That's capital F O R M capital L I F T for more information on how you can get your form collar. Now back to the show. Man, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I can think of when I was in uh, Toronto and this actually happened to Tex and I, we, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. We were, the rental car place was like where you turn the car was off site and we couldn't, and I dropped Tex off. I go, you know, cause he had an earlier flight. I go there and I couldn't get anybody to give me a ride and I couldn't get a taxi. So I had to like basically huff it, like whatever it was like two miles. Uh, like I'm like, I gotta be on this plane in 30 minutes and I'm two miles and I'm like trying to flag people down. There was nobody there, the whole deal. And so I ended up hoofing it there and uh, I get there like, you know, running, get my ticket, go up and they will not let me on the plane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, so I had to go back, get a place. And like, Texas, like they canceled my flight too. I was like, son of a bitch. So we had that and then I uh, flew out the next day. So that one kind of sucked. But, um, uh, I think, uh, probably my, my worst, worst trip was when we did Denmark years ago. Um, I, you know, like my wife booked the seat and they, I got an aisle, and then when I got there, they upgraded me to like from coach to whatever, like business the, or whatever. Yeah, well, like like the mid premium. Yeah, like yeah. not first class, but kind of that extra like leg room, extra leg room. And they fucking put me in a middle seat, and I'm like, fuck, I'm in this middle. And these dudes sit next to me. That was like this, like 350 pound, like five foot ten German dude, and then this other guy that's kind of tall and lanky, and I'm stuck. And the German guy literally turned to me and did this. <laughs> And coughed on me for like 14 hours straight. And like the whole time, I'm like, ah, I'll make it, I'll make it. So my knee's killing me, my hip's killing me. And all of a sudden, I get off the plane. I'm like, I don't feel so good. Sure enough, uh, I end up getting sick. And that was when we taught in Denmark at um, uh, Butcher's Garage, which we had like seriously 60 fucking people at. And so 
typical, we get up, give my presentation. I told the guys, I'm like, yo, man, I'm going to go chill on the couch. I really can't do this. And uh, typical, you know, people don't check the deal. They show up at nine. And we, even though we started at eight, so I already did the talk. And uh, the worst, single worst review uh, that we have ever received across the football came from that seminar from uh, this douchebag from the UK who actually showed up an hour fucking late for the seminar and then proceeded to fucking tear me up and be like, he didn't fucking do anything. It was just a celebrity thing. The seminar fucking sucked. And um, I can still picture the guy's fucking face. And if I want to look them up, I'd find him. But um, dude, complete fucking cunt yeah, move by the guy. Sick is awful. But um, yeah, I mean, I got super sick and uh, ended up. Uh, as I was walking, stepping in a hole and actually fucking up my knee and called my and actually flew back and I flew to Colorado and actually had my knee surgery. So wow. that, that was a pretty bad one. And, uh, but dude, that dude coughed on me for like 16 hours. This German dude, he had like a, on his belt, he had his glasses and like a case, you know, like his reading glasses and fucking guy coughed on me. So that was pretty nasty. Um, and uh, but you know what? Copenhagen is one of my favorite cities, and I was so bummed out. I mean, we got to go to Christiania and all these different places. But, um, yeah, that that was by far the worst. The 14 hours of the German dude coughing on me. Even though South America was like – I was in the middle of the bulk and just was going numb like the whole flight. That still isn't my worst travel. My worst one is going to Tampa to work with Tex at Paula's oh, gym. This one's bad. And yeah. uh, going uh, – I was in Phoenix – and I landed in Phoenix, had a four-hour layover. I remember you called me hysterical. Yeah, and I decided to go to the um, the lounge. Go to the lounge and work. And I was it was in the middle of putting up the paywall on the site, so I was just doing a whole bunch of stuff on the site and just so much free coffee and a couple of beers. And I'm looking at my computer clock, assuming it updated, or I guess it didn't update time, so I was off an hour. And I go to my gate, no one's there. Long story short, missed a flight. Go to customer service. They're no help because it was a holiday weekend, wasn't it? Tex, was it? Or like I can't remember. It, every flight was sold out on that wow. carrier on on uh, United Airways. Uh, so I had uh, I called you and Kate to see what to do, and you're like, just get fucking get there. So what does a guy do when he's really in trouble? Call my mom. Mom's a travel agent. I'm like, mom, find me any flight that will get me to fucking uh, get me to Tampa. ASAP. And she finds me a flight that's routed. It's a red eye from LAX. So I got to fly from, I flew out of Orange County uh, to, to Phoenix, from Phoenix to LAX. When I land in LAX, I'm boarding this boarding plane and they fucking shut down the terminal and security comes in rushing in because uh, it was in the midst of like airport. There was like a lot of airport bombings and shit. Yeah. So they're like, somebody bombed the airport. And I'm like, one, I'm going, fuck. I'm leaving text to the seminar. And two, I'm like, I'm in a fucking huge airport that's potentially being bombed. Wow. Turns out that somebody just crashed into a guardrail, made a loud noise. And dude's like, that sounded like a bomb. And then that, it was like a scene out of fucking meet the fuckers dude, yeah. or uh, meet the parents. So once they shut this whole thing down, they, I have to get to another terminal. They decide to just keep my terminal on lockdown in case of any suspicion, which I totally respect because like, I, I think that, uh, you know, airport, airport security is paramount for sure. Um, but they now have to search everybody in the airport or in that terminal. So then I get through and they're like, I tell them my situation. They're like, you have to go to uh, custom services or uh, special services. So anyone who stayed in the special services line in a fucking terminal for a carrier knows that is a death wish and you were there for three hours. So what I ended up doing is I just went to security gate and I'm like, oh, I lost my boarding pass. And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, but I'm about to miss my flight. And then they just fucking escorted me right to my flight. And that sucker, thank God, was delayed for 45 minutes. 
So then I take a red eye on Spirit Airlines, Ooh. which is like the worst. To That's take. a bad one. And it, I wasn't even getting into Tampa. It was flying me into Fort Lauderdale. So I take Lauderdale, a, bitch. I red eye to Fort Lauderdale. I have to rent a car and then drive from – I get in at 6 a.m., rent a car, drive up from Fort Lauderdale to Tampa. I've done that drive. And I, I basically am no sleep, show up, and Texas in the middle of uh, warming everybody up because this is – Texas green is a fucking button, dude. He didn't know. He kind of stumbled through, I think, the what is crossing football fit enough yeah. and then take took him right into the warm-up. And then uh, just, right as they were finishing just, up – Just waiting for you to show. I like I walked in like Jerry on the uh, on the Seinfeld episode where it's Kenny Rogers' chicken and the light is yeah. going through. He's like, no sleep. And then uh, – but that was the worst travel situation. That was uh, basically 9 a.m. to 5 a.m., you know, of just straight airport and bullshit. And they're like – the first time we went to Australia, we uh, we were flying on a red eye from LAX to Australia. Roth had to fly from Tampa to LAX, and we were all flying together. It was Ben and Roth and I. So we board the plane, and Roth's plane was was delayed. And he, like, comes up, and, like, I can literally, like, see him at the – like, they, they let him in. They shut the deal, and he got trapped because they shut it. And he's, like, knocking, and they, like – won't let it away. They can't open the door. Mm-hmm. And so he's like stuck in this thing. They go back and they're like, no, there's no more seats. And I literally, he calls me. He's like, is there any seats? I'm like, no, there's a vacant seat next to me, your seat. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 there's no seats. We gave it away. And like, I literally take a picture of me with the vacant seat and he sends it to him and he's showing it to him. They wouldn't let him on. Yeah. So we take off. My parents come and pick Raphael up. And take him home, and he stays there, and then they took him back to the airport the next day, and he had to fly out. And so we drove to Newcastle and had to drive back and get him. Oh. And then we uh, – so we did that, and Rock was so angry. Uh, that's the day he, like, went up and basically um, one-upped everybody at Daz's gym to the point where they just, like, went home. <laughs> uh, we were squatting, and Roth proceeded to put, like – he's, like, what, like 165 maybe? And he puts uh, 150 kilos, 330 on the bar. So he's just wearing a pair of shorts, no shirt, no shoes. And he, so he starts squatting. He does like a triple. And then uh, as he's coming up on the third rep, he jumps off the ground and lands in a lunge split. And then proceeds to lunge the 330, jump up, and split his legs the other way. And then on the next one, jumped up back here, squatted it, and put it away. And these dudes are like, this dude just basically did a squatting jump split lunge with double body weight. Yeah. Like it was nothing. At that point, Daz's guys are like, yeah, we're just going to go home. So we, they just went home. It's like and, uh, a legend. Yeah, that was that, that was by far the biggest one up I've ever seen. What uh, what else do we got, Tex, on the best worst? Uh, worst attendees. Did we already say that one? No, we haven't. Okay. I have to think about this one because uh, I think everybody's great, and I'm not pandering. The, I just truly believe that. The actual, um, probably the most uncomfortable, worst person I've ever worked with at a seminar was actually Lauren Glassman. Mm. So she came in and bought us an amazing dinner, um, and it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, the fact like she had uh, a barbell with 45 pounds and then 10 pounds on the other side, so she had 65 pounds on a bar, and she couldn't squat the bar when she couldn't stabilize it. And she couldn't squat. I mean, literally her squat was so bad. It's the worst squat I've ever seen. And I remember thinking, I'm like, hmm, how can the creator of CrossFit be this bad? But you know what? You know, you got to think, got, you know, a bunch of kids, been See, out of the gym. So, I mean, I, I give her like the benefit of the doubt that like, you know, as a mother and like kids and that, I mean, she's probably been away from training 
or just early in the uh, you know early in the in, in the CrossFit game. I mean, basic barbell wasn't a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, just you know, never developed the skill. Never yeah. developed the skill. So see, I'm thinking uh, she, she wanted to get better, but in terms of like straight up performance, um, it was. It was rough. So are you like when you hear worst, you're thinking of like skill level or mover? I'm thinking like the least receptive and oh. most combative. Uh, yeah. I mean, so back in the day, um, we used to have some people that were somewhat combative uh, early on. And I think what was really good for me was to really have people not only call me on things, you know, bring it out. I mean, the our, our original seminar, the very first test we had Roth gave up and was talking about sprint mechanics and Brian McKenzie was there and, you know, Brian's a pose guy and, you know, Roth's more of a, you know, toe up, knee up kind of, you know, sprint guy. Dive, drive. Yeah, dive and drive, which, you know, is is pretty much how the world sprints and we understand it and how every Olympian and every professional athlete sprints. And, you know, Brian, who is, uh, you know, was a high school water polo player, um, you know, uh, you know, ran, you know, I think, you know, a couple long distance races and, you know, big in the pose is, you know, there's a lot of argument between the physics of running. And so, um, Roth's getting up there talking about it. Mackenzie fucking basically, um, you know, has a hysterical hissy fit that how dare, you know, somebody get up and teach something contradictory what he had. So he basically, uh, went full bitch mode, Mm -hmm. uh, pulled himself out, sat in the back, all crazy texting and, and, uh, basically, um, was, um, you know, probably the cuntiest fucking, uh, attendee we've ever had a seminar. That was my first one. Hmm. And um, just basically, you know, and, and here's the thing, man, if if what you do, uh, if you are so in the aisle with what you do that you can't listen to another person and actually, like, understand what they're trying to tell you, then you need to unfuck yourself. Yeah. Like, that is, um, and you know what, and then also be disrespectful enough to fucking, you know, act like that at our seminar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he also, too, um, we used to do banded resisted runs, uh, couldn't do a resisted banded run. Mm-hmm. So we would hook up the band and he was literally just running in place because all he was doing was picking his foot up. He had no ability to drive his quad and do anything. So, I mean, physics works if you you know just lean and pick your foot up. But if you actually have to drive against some form of external resistance like a band, you can't do it with the pose. Or you want to accelerate faster than that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure he's got a, you know, a long list of you know, uh, accomplishments of people he's worked with. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you have a guy like Raphael who has coached Olympians and worked at, at the highest level in terms of sprinting, running, and himself was a, you know, ran the Texas relays in high school and ran college. And, you know, was, I mean, when I met him, he was training Olympic sprinters and, you know, hot hurdlers. And so, you know, opposed from a guy who was a decent water polo player in high school, I guess. So, um, but that was pretty, pretty, pretty uh, uh, telling, especially about my early days with the seminar where, you know what, I mean, you know, or another interesting one was we had uh, at that first seminar in Australia, uh, we get up and, you know, we do the programming and we ask for guys to get up and present their programming. And there were four dudes there that were at the seminar that were rugby, um, Aussie rules football guys. These dudes were every bit of about six, five, about 225, 230 pounds. And these dudes were probably the most shredded athletes I've ever seen in my life. Like the dudes took their shirts off and I was like, that dude has a muscle I've never seen. Yeah. Like the guy had like an extra muscle in his oblique. Like they look like pro bodybuilders, but more shredded. Um, and uh, like, I mean, obviously these guys were, you know, not only, you know, super high fitness level. I mean, obviously on some drugs, but I mean, like who cares about that? 
Uh, but these guys get out there and, you know, they're crushing and doing great. When we went to do the programming, the guy get up and, you know, drew up his pyramid. It's like, hey, I really believe in building an aerobic base. And Daz and those guys, you know, who were rugby league, rugby union guys who hate the Aussie rules guys were like, ah, fucking almost caused a riot because they're like, fuck that aerobic base shit. It's all about metabolic conditioning and, you know, glycolytic pathway. And there was all these arguments about, you know, because these guys were talking about like, hey, I want my guy to run for 60 minutes. I want to develop an aerobic base. And we're going to kind of do standard periodization where we're going to build layer strength and then power. And then they kind of pyramid it up and kind of a standard deal. And Daz and these dudes were ready to kill these motherfuckers. And we almost had a fight in the middle of this thing. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hey, just because what somebody else is teaching is different than what you teach. The last thing you want to do is motherfuck it. What you want to do is understand what they're teaching. And then if you still don't like it, at least you can speak intelligently about what they're doing. You know, if I say, hey, you know what? I've done classical periodization. It didn't work. And these are the problems I found with it. Then that makes me educated. If I just say that's fucking stupid because somebody else said it's stupid or, you know, or your only knowledge is, you know, uh, you know what Greg Glassman said in 2003. And that's what you're fucking going with. And you've never developed yourself past this you know it's like for years i always thought uh developing aerobic capacity was kind of overrated i'm like aerobic system dude i i either sprint atp glycolytic it'll carry over and we did that big test man where we started just doing some basic aerobic work to create an aerobic base and all of a sudden blood markers get better body fat comes down i got stronger in the gym and you know when we got the genetic testing done i found that i had some legitimate endurance based genes that needed to be addressed that if I had had some different genetic things, that might have been true. But for me as an individual, I had some genes that were, you know, kind of rare and a little bit for uh, the ability to develop aerobic capacity as a carryover for other things. So, um, you know, I mean, but that was just learning in myself. I mean, it's like I wanted to know more about Westside. Then you go out to Westside, you learn, and you see what Louis does, and you see where it fits. And, you know, I tell people all the time when they tell me they do Westside, I'm like, really? You do Westside? Because the only Westside that's done is at Westside. If you're reading Louis's book, you, you think you're doing it, but you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that was a great trip when we went out there and actually went and taught at the original Rogue. And I got to go out and meet Louie and hang out with those guys. I mean, that was really our first time out there. So, I mean, we've had some uh, pretty amazing opportunities to go out there. So that was almost a fight we had in Australia. Tex, do you have somebody in mind in terms of worst attendee? I'm kind of racking my brain. I have a couple, a couple that I could uh, justify. So, but, uh, all right. So I guess my... Uh, there's one dude who would be Callie's worst, and he was bad. But there's a dude in Phoenix who like sat down and pouted. Uh, so I'll tell her story on behalf of that. She was teaching power clean, um, power clean split jerk. And for those of you who've been to the seminar, it's an empty bar drill. And the one thing that we demand is that our attendees respect the host's equipment and clean up and shit like that. And we're very, very deliberately clear about not dropping the barbell empty, unloaded. Uh, because it could damage the fucking bars. I think it's common sense. Now, uh, so this guy cannot get into position. Uh, he is wound up. He he's, sucks at all the warm-ups. We're, we're really trying to coach him, trying to connect with him, and we can't. So Callie, uh, that is her bad cop moment during the seminar because we, we take him through all the emotions. And, then- and Just know in the CrossFit football seminar, we actually have good cop, bad cop designed in we set things up so that we can have meaningful teaching moments mm-hmm. uh that come at the expense of being kicked in the balls yeah so callie fucking kicks, kicks this guy in the balls because she he's not responding to her cues and then it becomes apparent to me it's it is intentional 
So somebody drops the bar, like not too loud, but like ding, 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 ding. And we're like, hey, remember, you should be able to hear a pin drop when you're putting those bars down. So this next time, Callie's cutting the guy up. He's not doing it. So he just stands up, puts the bar in a high hang, and drops it and stares at her. And Callie's like, everyone, please kindly put the bars down and everyone sit down, knowing this fucking guy wouldn't sit down. And she's like, do you know why you stand out? Because you're an asshole and you're not a member of the team. And then he goes, I can't take this anymore, and storms off. And then I'm like, God damn it. Like, we should let this guy go. But at the end of the day, like, we're representing a bigger brand. Let me get yeah. the big guy's opinion. So I ended up fucking fluffing him and, yeah, and making him feel first. better. I'm like, hey, should I fucking kick this guy yes. out or should I fluff him? I told fluff. him. I'm like, hey. If he's so funny. John says yes, and then I decide not to. <laughs> yeah. Lou calls me and goes, hey, what should I do? And I'm like, because, you know, like, whenever there's a seminar in Texas, you guys know this, dude. I'm always, like, keep my phone, like, mm-hmm. like, like waiting that for – Yeah. Like, I always uh, – like even if it's like a report, this is what happened or or whatever it comes down to, it's always important. So Luke texts me or calls me and says, "Hey, uh, we got a problem. What should we do?" I'm gonna boot that motherfucker out if he's fucking disrespectful and he, you know, because a lot of guys have a tough time taking coaching from women. Yeah, and it was and, a gender thing. It, yeah, it clearly was. Yeah, and like like I'm not taking this from abroad, and you know, fuck that. Like, yeah, drop your ego. If, yeah, if you're at this point in your life where you cannot, uh, you know be coached or, or be offered performance or criticized or anything by, it doesn't matter who it is, fucking grow the fuck up. And you know what I said? Boot the guy out and here's the deal. He'll be a little bitch. He'll complain to CrossFit and that's fine. If he wants his money back, I'll pay him, but fuck him. He doesn't get a seminar. And Luke, on the other hand, decided not to listen to me. Yeah, I just put him in the corner and I'm like, hey, buddy, just sit out and uh, you don't have to participate anymore. And I was just, whatever. But uh, the I think the the most unbelievable like jaw-dropping guy was text it was me you in germany first Oktoberfest. uh your favorite trip remember that guy who like uh, participated for the first half of the day and then after lunch came back with a box of pizza and then just sat and ate his pizza didn't listen take notes or anything and then left early and then came back the second day after the seminar and was like hey where's my certificate and i go are you fucking kidding me i go you know this is a certificate of completion and you didn't complete a fucking thing He's like, okay, and then just walked away. <laughs> Remember that guy text? So uh, as we're talking about it. Uh... Hey, everyone. What better way to enjoy one of John's stories than to cozy up with a nice cup of hot cocoa? But you're not a fucking child. You're a power athlete, which is why you need to head to shop.powerathletehq.com and purchase a man's drink. Caveman Coffee Co. and Power Athlete HQ have teamed up to create a deliciously intense blend fit for the stimulant-craving adult in us all. Head to shop.powerathletehq.com to get Cold Blast immediately. Now back to the podcast. We went to teach a seminar in San Antonio. So we, we go to San Antonio, we teach a seminar, and it was actually at Elite CrossFit. I think it's... Uh, in, oh, what's his name? Jeremy... Yeah, Jeremy... Not yeah. So we, we go teach a seminar there. Uh, this was really, um, Rock was there. Ben was there. This is my opportunity to try to let Ben lead the seminar and really avail himself. So we had a whole game plan. Hey, I want you to do, I'm going to get up to do the initial talk and I want you to do this, this, and this. And Ben's like, I'm ready. And I was like, well, here's the deal, man. I'm going to, uh, as soon as I do it, I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to go take a, I'm going to go get a coffee and I'm going to come back. I want, I don't want you to be nervous about being able to run the show, but you're in charge. So we get up, give a talk, go, go get a coffee, come back. And Ben got up there to present and Roth got pissed at him and basically just fucking belittled him, sat him down and then took the seminar over and was running off the fucking rails. So Roth is the worst seminar attendee. Oh, by far <laughs> the worst, right? The worst. 
So I come back and I see them like doing some crazy shit. I'm like, whoa, 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 what the fuck happened? And Ben's like over there, like kind of like disheveled. He's like, what happened? He's like, well, I got up and I, I made this error and Roth fucking blew up and this. And I was like, Jesus Christ. All right, fuck. So I get the thing back on the rails and we go for the workout. And very simple. Uh, 963 deadlifts, pull-ups, resisted runs. Simple. So uh, we're going through the deal. We put the bar up and we all go as a group three, two, one, go. All of a sudden I look over and this fucking guy is going and I go over and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, I'm fucking going this. I'm like, settle the fuck down, put your bar down, wait for the group. The guy's like all burned up. Like I'm fucking, you can't stop me. You know, I felt like he was like, uh, 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 you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg and the other guys, I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly. He gives me that. (laughs) And so I'm like, Jesus Christ. All right, let's go. So the guy goes and complete dog shit, like rounded back dead lips. Like the thing was so fucking bad. And his partner, who uh, is by far my most attendee, was driving a yellow convertible turbo Porsche and the license plate, poor Vita for life. Mm-hmm. So good old poor Vita, when we went around the room, turns out he's a nurse, male nurse. Mm-hmm. So as we're going through the, the, the deal, uh, he's supposed to be coaching up his, his guy. And I start yelling at him. I'm like, dude, you're fucking athlete. looks like dog shit. And he's like, Oh, he says something to me. And I was like, Hey, poor Vita Nightingale, pull your fucking head out of your ass and get this guy on his fucking deal. And the guy like looks at me. And at that point he's all like fucking burned up dog shit. I go over and I'm like, literally, and I'm like trying to talk to these guys. I'm like, dude, this is not the standard we're going with. I explained the standard. You did not meet the standard. What's the problem? So, and uh, the guy like cops me some attitude. And so um, the, his, his partner, who he handed the band to to coach him, I snatched the band and I'm like, you know what? I am coaching you. So let's go poor Vita Nightingale. So the guy looks at me and he's like, okay, no problem. And uh, he goes, hey, can I do, uh, you know, another warm up rep just to get ready on this deadlift? I was like, yeah, pull a warm up. He goes down, pulls a warm up, pulls about two inches off the ground, and then starts yelling that he hurt his back and proceeds to lay down on the ground didn't do the workout so he basically bitched out with a fake injury love it and then and then at that point poor Vita nightingale was extremely hostile towards me and that's when we were doing the nutrition talk and he asked me uh you know what, what about native foods i'm uh you know i'm mexican you know i, I grew up in a bean on a diet of rice and beans why are you saying those are bad and i'm like well based on your performance nobody should eat right be- rice and beans because you were by far the shittiest fucking attendant we've ever had mm-hmm. at which point his face looked like and he left John knows how to glamour people. And he wrote he wrote me an extremely scathing review. And the best part about it is his gym's out of business because he fucking sucked. That's bummer. Fucking that, that's bummer, man. <laughs> Tex, what do you got? Uh, I just had to dig a little bit to find this review here. So the worst attendee I ever had, his, his name was Masks. In the review, is, is just Big Daddy. So we had a, a few conversations about this. Uh, but just pulling the review, uh, I don't know who it was. So that I say he's the worst attendee because he didn't, you know, say this to my face or leave his name. But he said their concept of the athlete, uh, it sounds elitist. If I knew all we we're going to do is, is warm up drills during the seminar, I would not have attended. I don't see the cert being around much longer. So the guy didn't leave his name. I don't know who he was. And well, he, he, he did leave his name. CrossFit just blacked it out, which, you know, makes me believe that the Borg has done something more to, to disrupt something. But. Um, yeah, no, I, I remember getting that one and I had to well, contrast that with literally, okay. So let's say we have 20 people. We tend to get five to 10 reviews. 
Of no, which, we don't. We get one, maybe like okay, every, yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm sure we do five. get reviews. They don't always get forwarded to us. But that email that I, I had to have a, a you know. Um, the mothership called me and we tried to replug us in. And I'm like, hey, first of all, that's fucking bullshit. And this guy's a little bitch. And if he had had a problem with the coach at the time, he should have been like, hey, I'm having a problem with this. To basically sit there and try to write some after-the-fact skating review like a cunt in fucking like a guy in uh, all the caps, UK. by the way. Yeah, I, yeah. And like, dude, like, you know, that's like, um, you know, people have a bad meal. They go, oh, it was great. Then they go leave you, a, then they go leave a bad Yelp review instead of being like, you know what? This is dog shit. You got to fucking fix this. Like, I, I just think it's this weirdo, passive aggressive, internet based bullshit where you know what? I'll get them. This is how I'm going to get even. I'm going to write a terrible review instead of being man enough to just raise your hand and be like, hey, you know what? Uh, this isn't what I expected. Why are we doing this? And, and really confronting people because I, I, you know, I firmly have to believe that, uh, you know, if you're going to pay money for something, and you know you have a certain expectation. You need to pe- you know, like be able to to express yourself for that expectation. We go in there all the time. You know, want to talk to everybody one on one, and that's a big deal with us. I want you, you know, and the the line we use is from Almost Famous when the guy's getting interviewed. He's like, "Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, you know." He goes, "This is what I do. I got to get you off. I find the one guy not getting off, and we get him off." Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you do the seminar, that's what it's about. I mean, you're not only bringing people up there to teach them something, but you're also sharing our information, sharing our knowledge, providing experience, experience. develop a relationship. And, uh, you know, I guess what I was getting at before, John, is, I mean, we have hundreds of reviews that are sent to us, though, uh, in the history of CrossFit football. And, like, it was just so far on the other end of anything we've ever heard that it was like somebody clearly had a personal vendetta because of clearly tooting our own horns, but the review typically is, like, broaden my horizon didn't Amazing. didn't realize coaching was like the, the level of responsibility i have as a coach the warm-up and assessment tools are something that i wish i've had 10 15 years ago like in and what was crazy is like somebody had compiled all the positive things and this guy attacked them as negatives which is so odd um but uh and that's not to say that some people have have never provided us with critiques on well, how to improve the but seminar, also, but what also which we listen to. Is in the six seven years we've been teaching it, it's the only review where they blacked out the personal mm-hmm. information. What are you gonna do? But I, uh, I found it just a, a timing very uh, peculiar because I've been standing in front of all these college gyms and just trying to defend the program based off the name, and then uh, it was just kind of this guy stepping in and attacking the warm ups, and I'm like, Dude, that's my jam. Warm up, yeah. absolutely everything, and then the connection between the weight room and the field. And I've been defending that for freaking two years, and I had this kind of guy who's very limited in understanding. Then directly yeah, attack yeah. that one thing. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty upsetting. I mean, you know, you put a lot of work into something, and then you know, I mean, I, I, but you know, as a consumer, but the, they have the, the thing right. is that the whenever we tell someone to critique us, we say like there was no, there was nothing we can glean from it to improve the event, the experience. You know, exactly. other people, you know, would say like, oh, it was too long, it was so much work, I was fried. So we've tried to scale that accordingly. Well, Remember I mean, when lunch used to be at like two? Well, we dude, changed the whole layout so people could eat based off reviews. We missed lunch one time. So, like lunch was supposed to be at four o'clock, and I was like, "Well, let's just finish." We got done at six, and people didn't get to eat, and then they were so upset. Yeah, so it's like, I was like, "Hey, man, just fast, miss a meal. You'll be fine. We do it all the time." Tech, so let's bring it back to positive town. Text uh, on your notes. What what are some positive town uh, moments we could share? Uh, best adventure. 
if it's radio suitable. Ooh. Best adventure. Uh, Oktoberfest would have to be up there. That was pretty cool. It is, but because I, it was like I got to get out there with my buddy Tax, my buddy Bo, Stevie was there. But when Ben and I went to South Island, to Queenstown with Stevie, uh, and we did our bungee jumping, we did our canyoning, uh, we tore that little town up. Like that was a pretty cool adventure for sure. So I'm going to go with that, but because I know what I think Tex is going to say for his adventure. What do you got, Tex? Uh, well, every international trip has been some form of adventure, but uh, and I don't even know if we can. We have enough time to tell the, the first Oktoberfest story. Uh, so I'm going to go with the first uh, Belfast story, and then we'll have one later on in the year. But uh, Callie's plane got jammed up or delayed or something. I don't know what's going on. So I was stuck in Belfast solo for about 48 hours, and we were staying right next to Queen's University, and so I just go to, I find a barbecue place in Ireland, and just start rapping with the owner of all people, just telling him what to do, and it turned out I had stumbled upon what Queen's University called the Beer Mile. So I just got a, a beer in every single pub, just leading to the oldest one in Belfast, and uh, it was just kind of an experience, and then stumbled on back home, woke up in the morning, and, and Cali appeared. <laughs> um, dude, we we went to uh, when we went to Belfast the first time. This was a great adventure. We fly into Dublin and rent a car and drive up. And uh, Ben and I like the beginning of the adventure was uh, I always wanted. And those of you guys know what a shillelagh is. A shillelagh is a stick that when they outlawed weapons with the Irish, the Irish learned to do stick fighting. And so shillelagh was kind of a big hard stick from the forest to shillelagh, which was real hard wood. So uh, my mom, uh, being Irish, uh, my granddad had a shillelagh. And so when he passed away, it was lost or somebody stole it or something. So my mom wanted us to get one. So we go to Dublin, drive to the town of shillelagh and go find a shillelagh maker and bought shillelaghs. That was cool. So we, we get them and I, I give the guy money and I'm like, to ship them. I'm, I don't want to bring weapons back to ship them. Maybe the pieces of the wood, they'll be fine. So as we're, and I asked the guy, I'm like, Hey, where should we go eat? And he's like, Oh, there's this great little place down here. It's uh, like homemade food. So you go in, it looked like a house. And it was like literally lady cooking. You go and you sit at the table. There's probably like 10 tables. You bring it out. And I remember they had, um, it was a Turkey and kind of like a Thanksgiving deal and with a gravy. And I asked her and I was like, uh, is there any like gluten in the gravy? She's like, no, I don't put any gluten in there. Well, like a dumbass, I should have said, like, is there any flour in there? So she ends up uh, putting the gravy on, I eat it, and all of a sudden I get out to the car, and I'm like, I don't feel so good. And um, all of a sudden we're driving, and I start, like, kind of seeing spots. I'm not feeling good. Ben doesn't drive a manual, so I got to pull over and, like, take, like, 20 minutes to, re to basically compose myself from this meal that fucking just blew <laughs> bomb me to the bomb. end of the world. So we finally get on where we get back, and... Uh, we all of a sudden have to go pick up uh, Uncle Dave, who had flown in special for this. Uh -huh. So we go to the airport, pick up Dave and his buddy. Uh, our buddy Dave was uh, stationed over in the UK. And so he was leaving to go back to the States. And then his replacement was coming in. So we pick those guys up and then drive up to Belfast in Northern Ireland, uh, just fucking hauling ass going up there. So we show up at the seminar uh, teach a seminar, have a great deal. Or, but before we, the day we got there, Zelensky actually met us and we went to this place. I think it's called best of Belfast or taste of Belfast. 
but it's like um, supposedly like a real good place. We sit down. All of a sudden, we start getting drinks. We're having a good time, getting loud. And all of a sudden, I look over, and there's like, you know, uh, gay pride flags everywhere, rainbows. And I'm kind of like start noticing, you know, that obviously this is um, you know alternate lifestyle kind of bar and restaurant. And Uncle Dave, who's had too many drinks, is just dropping like, you know, the most inappropriate comments and statements in a place like this. <laughs> and I'm like looking at the owner and the bartenders who are just like, guys so needless to say we stayed there and uh we actually ate continued to drink and drink so long that we ate another meal nice which is one of my favorites the double did (laughs) and uh which takes me to another story in a second uh but we went to had an amazing seminar and uh, a pretty good adventure but where this was the scariest thing i go into my room um you know whatever get in bed sleeping all of a sudden i wake up and there is a guy standing in my room. And I like, I like look over and I'm like, I sit up and this dude had a key. Somehow he had gotten a key to my room uh-huh. and the guy's like looking at me. And all of a sudden, dude, I go into like fucking battle mode up. and fucking I'm in my thing. I was, I can't remember if I was naked or not, but it was probably a good chance. <laughs> Literally out the door chasing this dude down the hall and this drunk idiot's fucking running and he fucking ran faster than me and <laughs> smoked me. But that was a pretty good night. But um uh we did have a pretty good adventure in Amsterdam on our on our trip to the UK. That was pretty funny. So but we actually ate at my favorite place called Barney's Uptown. Those of you guys know Amsterdam. So yeah, no, we I mean we've had some really, really solid adventures. I mean it's 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 so ironic that I had this really killer job where I played in the NFL and I had all this time off and all I did was train. And sadly it took CrossFit football and power athlete for me to travel the world and see the world, uh-huh. which is kind of upsetting that when I had all this free time, I should have just been doing that. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I should have like every off season and been like, all right, I'm going somewhere. I mean, we, we went to Brazil and a bunch of different places, Puerto Rico, but I should have been like this year I'm going to Italy, like every year picked a place and gone them when I was single and didn't have a wife and kids and everything. So that would have been nice. I should have done that. What else we got, Dex? Let's see. Uh, we, we crossed everything off on my list. I mean, there's Dr. Tom time, but I don't know if we got time for all those stories. No, we can't talk about Dr. Tom like that. <laughs> Inky? You know, as, uh, as the guys like to refer to him, uh, Dr. Cosby? <laughs> Chad Hobbs is like, you mean uh, we went out with Dr. Cosby? Yeah, Inky's story is by far one of the best. That's he's just a wild yeah, – like he's, he's on 10 cylinders 24 hours well, a day. Well, he's taking like 400 neurotropics. Yeah, well, I get uh, it. Yeah, he told me that he bought every neurotropic on the market all, yeah. and he takes them all every yeah. day. It's crazy. I mean, so. but uh, I mean, I guess anyone who's listening to this, who's like, why, what the hell is this seminar? We do a seminar for CrossFit called CrossFit football, which is called CrossFit football because John played football. Yeah. So um, and, when uh, they originally suggested the name to me, it was like, Hey, we should call it CrossFit football. I'm like, no, it's a terrible fucking name. They're going to think it's going to be bad. It's, no, no, no. People will get it because you played football. And I'm like, they're not going to get it. And people still don't get it, but it's reason so, I'm called cross football is because I played football. It's a strength conditioning seminar for power athletes. Yeah, to, and to give a synopsis, you know what we talk about is uh, what we refer to as our primal movement patterns, and it's just yeah. how do you scale going from the ground level for a guy who walks through the door and doesn't really care about his fitness and wants to improve athleticism. And when we break down athleticism, it's something that I've I've just kind of been 
a term I've been tossed around is the economy of movement and efficiency. And what we see at the high level of if you're going to be a competitive CrossFitter, I mean, it's the same exact shit. It's how am I, the, how can I be the most efficient with my body with or without an external force? And that's all the seminar is about that. And then developing your ability to sprint and be fast. So um, I, I think just to add the, my favorite part of all these seminars and adventures is that we sit down with napkins and we try to decode athleticism. And so it's been like a combination of, of three different years and like 30 different bar napkins, but it's freaking yeah. great. And what it's, but what it's come up to, I mean, you know, we have our working definition, which we have on our wall over here about seamless and effortless uh, execution to problem movement matter, movement patterns through space. Uh, but it's, it's been a wild ride. And uh, I guess if you haven't been to this thing, obviously go, we've dropped the price because we want to get to more people. We're all over the world. Um, and if you've been to it, I don't know. Come if you again. have an idea, yeah, come again. Or, or if, you, if you're like, hey, you guys should do this, then maybe we'll do that. You can or, just tell us. Or maybe if you want to be part of seminar staff and travel the world and basically mm. have cool meals and have a good time, you should always uh, approach us. And we're always looking for able-bodied, intelligent, good coaches with a thirst for knowledge and life. And mm-hmm. that's what we're all about. And originally, our original plan, which has since been improved, was, hey, here's the deal. Tax Cali, you're going to have to give up everything, come out. And learn for a year, a year and a half before you you can get a first swing at running your seminar. No, we don't do that anymore. So what Texas put together is what we're calling, I guess, a code name is the Power Academy. Athlete Academy. Yeah. So we got like ten people in there now, which, you know, uh, it's a an attempt at accelerating the learning curve required to become what we would consider a master coach in uh, part of the seminar staff. But that that's something we're tinkering with right now, which is like an online academy. It's fucking so rad. Um, we got 10 people in it right now, but that's probably something that'll be public here in three months, four months, five months. Yeah. Once we figure to get through the testing uh, pilot and be able to really develop the curriculum. And right now we're still filming all the lectures and it's kind of a living, breathing deal. And I think that we can establish with this first pilot group, uh, the kind of the beta that allows us to roll out a bigger deal and really kind of understand the magnitude of what it kind of fits and where the kind of the problems are. I mean, you know, Tex and, you know, Levi have done a great job and especially, you know, coming from academia and as a, working as a teacher, uh, you never really know how things are going to develop until you give that lesson plan and the questions and how it sits. I mean, same thing with the programming. I mean, until we launch it, we don't really know. I mean, I could foresee things and then I'm completely blown away by what people come. Yeah. There's with. no crystal ball. Well, there, there isn't. I mean, who, who would have thought that, you know, uh, that, the tr- that one of the obstacles like we laughed about the other day that the translations of some of the texts from English to Spanish yeah. would be a huge barrier. I mean, you would just assume that, you know, those would be good, but then you realize some a lot of, you know, the English language is so fascinating and that there's so much inflection and applied information, like even in the statements that, you know, it's sometimes confusing for people. So, but um, you know what? I mean, Ke- dude, like Kelly and I had an amazing time in Madrid. I mean, dude, like we had the, one of the best meals we've ever had. I mean, uh, and it's so funny that I actually rate uh, the countries and where we've been based on the meals. But I mean, Tex and I had this killer adventure in New Zealand where we drove to like the coolest beach we'd ever seen. And we're like, fuck it, let's go body surfing. And the water had to be 45 degrees. <laughs> Literally, we like stripped down, like straight up into like, just like nude up into board shorts. Like they flipped, ran out. I dive in and I'm like, oh God, like I couldn't breathe. It was so cold. And I know like 50 degree, I'm like 45, 55. I'm fine. Like yeah, if yeah. he gets under 50, like, like it's all crazy. of a sudden, like it hit us and he's like, how is it? I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, dude had just a great adventure with that. So we definitely had some great, ones. but our goal 
with uh, with this seminar is what Texas put together like a, a nice little statement uh, about the goal and mission statement of the the whole academy deal. Yep. So once he's ready to fucking unmute, we're we're gonna save that statement for the unveiling. But just simply put, accelerated education. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, see you next week. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. As always, we are vetting the tools you need to improve your game every day. Tools like Form Lifting Collar and everyone's favorite stimulant, Cold Blast Coffee, a beautiful marriage of Power Athlete Intensity and Caveman Coffee Co. craftsmanship. To find out more about these products, head over to this episode's blog post on PowerAthleteHQ.com for links to purchase. Until next time, bye!